Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you coming back. Or if this is your first time, thank you very much and welcome to the show. In today's show episode number 19, we are chatting with Michael Regan, who, along with being an excellent rider and racer, is also the organiser of both the Dava and the Dava Night Enduros. And there's a youth one thrown in there as well, just to tidy things up. Um, so we chat with Michael about the challenges that arise in organising an enduro race, um, why he felt the need to start an enduro event, and what kind of rider you need to be, and how you can get involved and race yourself, plus plus much more. Um, so we, we chat to Michael about his race background, about racing in the Red Bull Fox Hunt, what an enduro race is for anybody that's not sure or hasn't hasn't been to one or raced in one before. And we asked Michael why he chose Dava for the venue for the races, um, when the race takes place, how much it costs to enter, facilities available, a typical day at the races, everything like that. And um, it's a great interview. I really enjoyed chatting to Michael. He's such a good, good lad. He really knows his stuff and he's so keen. He's so motivated to do this. And just remember, he doesn't get paid for this. He doesn't make any money out of this. This is just a, a part-time gig for him. He does it out of the love of mountain biking, out of love of seeing the people up there um, round Dava racing. And it's a real community spirit. It brings everybody together. Such a, such a good thing to be a part of. So please take a listen to the episode. And um, it may encourage you to go and enter the races. And, and they would be more than welcome to see anybody up there. I am going to enter it this year for the first time. And um, I'm super stoked about it already, you know. And doing the interviews kind of got me all ready to go. And if it was on next week, I'd be away. So um, have a listen. Hope you enjoy it. And um, let's welcome Michael Regan to the show. Hi, Michael. Welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast. It's awesome to have you on this evening. How is everything with you, sir? Everything's really good. Thanks for having me on. No, no problem. It's awesome for you um, to come on the show because I know you're super busy over Christmas and everything else. So thank you for giving me the time and giving the, the listeners the time so that we can pick your brains and find out what this enduro thing is all about. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> um, so, Michael, you uh, organise the Dava Enduro and the Dava Night Enduro. Um, uh-huh. And we'll chat about that. But I, I also know that you've had quite a good wee career in racing and stuff as well in the past. Is that true? Uh, I wouldn't say a mountain bike career. <laughs> I would say <laughs> the odd race here and there, you know. Um, yeah. Varied, very different types of mountain bike racing than adventure racing running anything outdoorsy you know that type of way yeah yeah very good and was is it true that you did you race in the red bull uh, fox hunt i have done most of them most of the ones up here i think i've only missed one of them wow um the cave hill one in 2012 it was it was good crack now a bit smaller than than they have down in russ trevor it mm. was only I think it was a hundred and something of us that year. Nice. Um, good crack. Uh, of course, I knew quite well, like, but we were only really up there for the for the fun of it, you know. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and the Red Bull Fox Hunt 
thing is massive now, isn't it? Like they had over oh, 400 competitors or something. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you find that when you were racing it? Was it was it as crazy then? Oh, it was. I um, as I say, the numbers back in 2012 were slightly smaller. It was a very mm-hmm. different, very different track, but um, it was just as crazy. <laughs> and it rained <laughs> quite a bit before it, oh, and, no. you know, so it was a bit muddy and. A lot of sideways action, you know. I oh, oh good man, good crack, good crack. Yeah, like I've never done it, but it just looks mayhem. It's just really last man standing type stuff. That's it. That's it. No, it's point pointed down the hill and go. And I think if you do it with a smile on your face, you really enjoy it. You know, it's you're not trying to take anything too seriously out of it and just get down and enjoy the weekend. Saturdays yeah. normally normally full of fun you know when you're out practicing and then going for your seeding run it's, it's an amazing event i and you know it kind of looks like that it, it looks like a lot of fun everybody there seems to be having a lot of fun and of course when the when the whistle goes the old competitive nature comes out and most most people so you know but as you say get down the mountain and have a bit of cracks the best way really i've got said it's uh it's pretty hectic at times you know but <laughs> when the red mist drops you just you want to go as hard <laughs> as you can but uh no i think top 70 was the the highest i placed and the the recent ones um it was just getting stuck behind people and then pushing on in the middle and just really enjoying it you know so aye Aye. Uh, well, uh, you know, it's probably one of those events that it's very much you, you could be first or you could be last, just depending on what happens in front of you. You know, uh, exactly. You need a lot of fitness <laughs> to get off the line, but the rest of it is, you know, a bit of crack. Mm-hmm. Just keep it, keep it in two wheels and try and stay on. <laughs> you have a lot of other people to look out for as well as trying <laughs> to stay on yourself. You know. Yeah, some of the videos look look just oh, it's just like a bomb zone, really. Uh, the highlight of the year really you yeah. know that type of race brilliant brilliant well here what michael what's your background in mountain biking then when when did you start when did you get interested in the whole thing okay i would say like anybody starting on bmx's as a kid um progressing to mountain bikes later on um i was more really a social rider just uh mountain mountain tracks and open mountain and forestry roads we didn't really mm-hmm. have any trails as such back mm-hmm. then you know so and whereabouts were you whereabouts were you then Michael? i'm originally from draperstown so mm-hmm. dava would have been my my local trail all oh, right okay i am mm-hmm. um, and dava wasn't there at the time but were you still using that that area to ride uh, we're still using the forest um as i say mainly it's mainly fire roads and the odd walking path that sort of got into disrepair and a lot of the mountain bikers in the area just built them up under under their own wee trails now there wasn't much there it was mostly mostly fire roads but that's where it all kind of kicked off for me mm-hmm. um there and in a scarn and we would have spent time in scotland as well on day trips or weekend trips oh really okay so you were doing it with a few lads as well there's a, a few of you doing it yeah yeah mm-hmm. there's a few and then when uh, i sort of moved down to belfast with work and things like that and I think it was Stenaline done deals on day trips and things, and we would have spent a lot of time over in the trail centres over there, mm-hmm. just dreaming that one day we would have them here. There you are, there you are. Well, isn't it funny the way the trails 
kind of happen behind guys like yourselves, local guys, just going out and making your own trails and just kind of using what's there. Um, because there's the talk now of Garva, which is very much in that kind of condition at the minute. You know, there's talk about it being all developed now. So, you know, you just mean uh, I think that's. I think that's what you have to do. You know, it's getting out there. A lot of trails were built. The problem with the likes of Dava is there isn't, uh, it's very boggy underneath. So a lot of what was built in the past kind of sank down into the mountain. Right. So it was, it's only when you get that actual hardcore down the proper trail center that you're going to have something sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that would kind of be my local now as well. Um, um, I was up at it at the weekend there and I must say, you know, the, the drainage and all there is brilliant. There's no doubt about it. It can rain for two or three days and you can go up there and there's, you know, there's the odd puddle you have to skirt around. Yeah, but other than it. that, it's amazing, you know. Mm-hmm. No, they've made a good job of it, you know, and it's sort of all weather, all... You can go up any time, really, whereas in the in the olden days we were going up on mud and you were thinking, is this even worth it? You ended up just heading around the, the fire roads. Yeah. Yeah, oh no, that's understandable with our climate. That's that's one thing. That's it. Um, so, Michael, tell us then how you got into the whole enduro side of things, um, and tell us a wee bit just for for some of the listeners that don't know what way an enduro race is kind of run. Well, enduro is a, I would say like a stage race, um, mainly timed on the downhill sections. And I say in between five and six stages, mm-hmm. um, there's transitions in between the stages which normally aren't timed, but uh, some of the races would have a cutoff point, so you're trying to keep the keep the riders moving in between. Yeah, so you go off singly by yourself, and you're timed from point A to point B, basically. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's all mainly on a downhill section. Mostly downhill sections. That's the the difference we have in Dava. It is more uh, cross country grade trail centre, and it's trying to pick the the steepest of it, which is hard enough to do. But what we've done up there is try to make it a race that anybody can do because it is trail centre, but following the same timing timing system and. Uh, Trying to make it make it hard for the person, but uh, also make it that anybody can really do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I, I know the runs up there, obviously, and and stuff like that. So, yeah, you certainly could do that there. Um, it would be very much open to anybody really to have a go. That's it. That's it. You know, with a lot of the uh, a lot of the more gravity enduros, they would be mainly off off uh off trail center type of stuff so mm-hmm. it would be a bit more extreme um the good thing about our race is we've had a lot of people starting coming straight into the race and then progressing on to the likes of gravity enduro and the vitus first tracks enduro that glenn's got running which yeah. has kind of worked out great you know for the promotion of the sport aye that that's brilliant and the, the Dava, or not the Dava thing, the Enduro thing is getting very popular now. Do you think, um, just off the top of your head, do you think is that because it's more of a kind of social gathering rather than a full-on downhill, you know, destroy-yourself type of event? 
Look, I think so. It takes the best out of out of everything, out of mountain biking in general, and then you can ride around with your mates. Um, a lot of people do it in groups and then take off um, individually, but meet up at the end of the, the section and then ride on again. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a great social element to it, and as I say, anybody can really get into it. Yeah, it certainly, you know, from your images and your photos and stuff, it certainly seems that way, that it's it's quite a family event almost, you could say. Aye, well, the, the, the first race we organised was actually for the opening of um, the Dava Forest Trails back in 2012, mm-hmm. or sorry, 2013. Mm-hmm. And it was when we had heard mute that the trails were given the go-ahead, I thought I'd come up with some sort of idea of getting the crowd up to see the see the trails. Um, initially, it was I had done a bit of uh, endurance cycling, uh, long distance. I'd done twelve hour races, and I was thinking mm-hmm. maybe a twelve hour, twenty four hour. But at that time, the enduros were just really taken off, and I thought we'd approach Mountain Bike NI and the council and just let them know that we'd be willing to put on a race for um, for competitors to come up, showcase the new trails and get people into the area. And uh, that kind of kicked off from there. So that was 2013, April. Mm-hmm. And it was a success the first year. with a lot of people coming up. Uh, the next year, we decided to kind of make it more family-orientated. There was a lot of people had said that they, because they're families, they couldn't come up to the races and things like that. So we said, what about if we put on a kids race as well and bring the family along, make a weekend of it. So kind of kicked off from there. And that's why now we have racing for the kids on one day and the adults the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. And I was going to ask you... Um We'll get into the more nitty gritty thing in a wee minute, but I was going to ask you why you wanted to start an enduro race, and it was mainly to bring the people to Dava and show them what was there. Okay, pretty much. Um, as I say, I have some background in different types of racing, like adventure racing, mainly uh, through photography and through marshalling and helping out. So I kind of had an idea what what would make a how you could make a race. Um, what I hadn't an idea of was the uh, how the enduro was going to go down, especially at somewhere like Dava. So it was kind of kind of shot in the dark, really. But the buzz at the time was everything enduro, so the the format and layout was kind of suited, and the timing was just right. Yeah, and you know it's interesting, and I always find it interesting. <laughs> You know how people kind of validate their ideas almost, or think that something will be a success. Um, did you feel at that time that that was something that the riders around the Dava area were kind of looking for? I think so. Uh, it was around that time the enduro scene had only really started. Um, it was in the south. Niall Davis had his uh, dot E, the Gravity Enduro Series. Mm. Um, I think that was two thousand and twelve. Um, he had one round of it up here in Bigwood, which was probably the first enduro up here, I think, with the help mm. of Glenn O'Brien. But mm. um, apart from that, we didn't really have anything up here. And it was 
actually Tweedlove in Scotland that we'd visited and seen the, the enduro scene over there. And I'd seen a couple of races in Spain and thought, it's the type of uh, event that I would like to do. And just speaking to other people, they were, they were saying, you know, you're not as intimidated as the cross-country scene where everybody's taken off together, kind of elbows out job, or <laughs> the downhill scene where it's not it's not everybody wants to go with the full-on technical downhill, but they love getting out in the mountain bike. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it certainly appeals to a, a wider range of people, for sure, because I've never raced, um, but the Davenduro is something that I am aiming to do this year, um, simply because I kind of know the trail. I know I can do it. So mm-hmm. uh, you'd be really, very welcome. <laughs> I'm not It'd be really great that to see scared. I certainly, and I'm, I'm going to try and get a, a group of tribe boys there. You know, see if we can just have a bit of a laugh and get a tent up and everything else going on. So that would be cool. That Good would stuff. Be cool. Um, does do you ever get um, feedback from the riders about about the enduro and, and how it's been organised and things? We do, yeah. Um, we kind of play off that as well. And Dava, you're kind of limited to what you can do. Um, the council want us to keep on the on the uh, trail centre type of stuff. Right. So we're limited. We can't go in and build trails as such. But uh, you try and mix it up. And some of the things that have happened in the past is the likes of the family event. Um, as I was saying previously, that's... That's something that sort of came from riders saying that they had family and they would love to make it a weekend type of thing and bring everybody. Yeah. The council, they put in the play park and things like that, but we had like family fun days and different activities for the kids. Roscoe, Colin Ross of Roscoe Lines, he came up mm-hmm. and he done the tuition just before the, the event for the kids, so that went down really well. Other mm-hmm. things like changing the day, um, swapping the days around so that the adults can take a drink after. So they went out. It used to be the kids were racing on the Saturday and the adults mm-hmm. racing the Sunday. And with a lot of people staying in one of our sponsors, the Shepherd's Rest campsite, they they were asking just if they could change the day around so that they could race and then have a, have a few drinks in the evening uh-huh. and the kids could play around the next day while they were racing you know so things like that um other things there's actually a couple of guys that are racing they contacted me about the uh, possibility of doing uh, a para category and um, one of the guys is registered blind and right. he partially blind he comes in and races sometimes with the brother in front of him and he can make out the uh, the shapes and the shadows. And I, I was totally blown away when he actually told me because he just entered, never never told me that uh, he was registered partially blind. So he just and entered the normal race? Just entered the normal race wow. and done the race and told me afterwards. And I was uh, just blown away, you know. And he's, he's come back and done, uh, done a couple of the races. And this is just something that he thought... He, he has no issues with riding, but he thinks that there might be others out there that would like to give it a go, but uh, haven't. So mm-hmm. it's something that we've been talking about, maybe starting up a, either a category or a group chat to get, get more more like-minded people like that into the racing side of things. Yes, um, yeah. 
another guy, uh, he is an amputee and contacted me for the, I think it was the very first dab on Joe. And again, he, I says, if he had any issues in the bike, there was uh, sweeper riders come at the back and he says he, he, he knew he could do it. So we come up and done it and he's actually went on to race downhill and He's flying now at the minute. It's just part of his life now, mountain biking, you know. So wow. there's uh, something out there for everybody, and they're two, two great guys, you know. Yeah, that that's brilliant to have that, to have that kind of interest in the sport. It, it really is, and Dav is a great place for that, you know. Definitely, definitely, you know, it's, it's so accessible for anybody. Um, you know, there's uh, it's not obviously not downhill, but I mean. When you get up there and you get to know the trails, you can really push yourself and push on as fast as you want to go. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and Michael, you you chose uh, Dava because I was wondering why when you were wanting to start an enduro, you chose Dava. But as you've said, it's kind of your local, it's your local there, um, and the time is just right. Everything just seemed to be right there. You that know, was it. it. Yeah. The main the main thing was to get people into the area. Um, and also showcase the trails. And as I say, it was the open on the weekend. So the trails were officially opened on the Tuesday, and we had the race at the weekend. And Brilliant. it just snowballed from there, really. That, that's that's awesome. And and did you ever think it would come so successful? Completely honest, no. I hadn't a clue how it was going to go, and that's the worrying <laughs> part of it, you know. Um, <laughs> I've been to races and I've taken part in races, but you never know just how it's gonna how it's gonna work out. Yeah. So it was it was a bit nerve wracking, you know. But um, thankfully, the appetite was there for the racing, and people seem to love the area, so they keep coming back for more. Yeah, and you know, it's crazy because I think with the dark skies thing going to happen at Dava as well and they're going to put in the wee camping pods and things like that hopefully now fingers crossed touch wood type of thing that will even just make the ante better for Dava you know it's going to be such more of a just the facilities and all are just going to be so, so much better oh, that's um, it and at least we'll get phone coverage because they'll need internet and all there for the <laughs> that's it that's the only downside to Dava no phone coverage well it yeah. can be a good thing as well but yeah all right, brilliant. So tell us a wee bit about the Davo Endure then. When when does it take place uh, in the year? Well, the first one was in April. Um, that was mainly because of the opening of the trail centre. Mm-hmm. And then we decided to move it um, into June. So as you can imagine with cross-country races and Glen's Enduro Series and the Enduro Series in the south, downhill mm-hmm. races, it's, it's a pretty stacked calendar. So... It's just trying to find a date, and we found sort of the last weekend in June kind of fitted. Mm-hmm. Um, so we always run with uh, in around the 23rd, 24th, okay. which will be this year. Mm-hmm. 24th of June, okay, cool. And then the night, the night in Juro, then that's a different date. Aye, well, the first one we done um, was Halloween time. Again, it was just... I had uh, I'd seen some of the, the night racing in uh, in Scotland and I'd thought about the possibility of trying a small night enduro and then with the intention of maybe doing a, a 24-hour at some stage. Uh, so I wanted to see how it would go down with the lights. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of guys up there just absolutely love it. They actually, there's a few only go to the night in Juro. Yeah. Because uh, they just they love racing at night with the lighting on. Um, it's, it's a completely different different nice. buzz to it. And even when you think you know a trail, it's, it's amazing at night with the, with the buzz you get out of it. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like a different different sport, almost, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. So, so you think uh, you know a trail, and then you get the lights on, and the shadows affect them differently, and uh, it's class. It just uh, puts a whole new twist on it. Yeah, certainly. So have you anything planned for the, the night enduro this year? Do you know a date or anything, or a rough idea? Not at the minute. Uh, it probably will be in around Halloween time, or slightly mm-hmm. after it. Again, there's another event that's come up um, around Halloween, so just depends if they're running it again this year or not mm-hmm. yeah okay and the the enduro this year were you and the night enduro of course were you happy with the turnout and with the way things went uh, definitely we're kind of kind of been going up in numbers every year um you always get that wee worry in the middle when entries aren't coming in but with mm-hmm. a lot of people just leave it to the last minute and then you're getting phone calls the night before and on the morning of it, you know, if you had any uh, entries left. But uh, no, they always seem to come in and we're kind of always coming in around the same sort of 250 to, to 300 over the weekend. Aye, that's very good, eh? That's great for the area. You know, a lot of people stay. I was mentioning the Shepherd's Rest, the campsite that they have. It's just down the road from Dava. Yeah. A lot of people stay there and have a, have a weekend's crack out of it. Yeah, no, no, brilliant. And tell us a wee bit more about about the format then, Michael. Um, is there different kind of entry levels and things like that? Uh, well, we uh, we're not in line with Cycling Ireland or GB Cycling or anything like that um, because we're a standalone event. Uh, it's kind of to get as many people into the racing, and rather than putting them into into a lot of categories, we kind of one for say elite or intermediate racers mm-hmm. and then we have ones for beginners and uh, and then the female classes and the kids races we kind of run with the, the same as cycle in ireland it just runs on their on their ages mm-hmm. um just again uh, we would call it sport category and the sport category is kind of for anybody just up there for a bit of crack you know so yeah i think a lot of people like that idea just to to go up and have a have a bit of banter you know aye and you know i suppose for somebody say like myself going up and doing it for the first time knowing that you're not going to be bunched in with a lot of elite guys that have been doing it you know all you know for for how long but um it's kind of almost settling to know that you can go and you don't have to push yourself crazy and you're not going to get boys flying past you and things like that that's it um would we kind of say to people that are newcomers you know you can wait to later on or you can go early you can come up first thing and go straight up the hill you'll always kind of unless you're going to the very back you'll always kind of have somebody maybe passing you or maybe they'll come off and you'll have to pass them mm-hmm. you know so you always have that with the with the racing or something i think you get over it as you get into a race and what a lot of riders will do is they'll give you a wee call for for the pass and things like that and with dava there's no issues there's loads of room for passing and things like that um it's it's great to see great to see newcomers coming into the sport 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is just for my own personal uh, knowledge, wanting to know this. Is there a time limit between you setting off and the rider coming behind you then? Well, we would always run it about a minute um, or thereabouts. Okay. But if you're riding with a group of mates and you knew you weren't going to catch your mate, we would let them let them go down a bit quicker. Or right. It's kind of up to the riders, you know, if two of them are setting off together, maybe get down it for the crack. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them knows he isn't going to catch the other one. You know, it puts a bit of added pressure onto them. Likewise, if you got to a marshal and you were worried that somebody behind you was a bit quicker, you can either ask them to go ahead or you can ask the marshal just for a wee bit of extra time. So... They'll provide us not leaving it too long. You know, you don't want queues at the at the stage starts, but um, yeah. we're kind of flexible that way. Oh well, that's that's good. And for people interested, Michael, what about entrance fees? What kind of price can they be expecting? Well, we normally run between thirty-five and forty pound for the entry fee, just depending on which race it is. Um, a few different reasons for that, mainly just with numbers and things like that, but. Uh, if you look on our Facebook page, I think you're going to put the links up. All mm-hmm, the uh, prices and things like that are up on the website. Okay, perfect. And entering the race, is it something you can do on the day or do you have to do it beforehand just so you have an idea of numbers? Uh, it's it's not about the numbers. It's mainly about the timing system we use. So okay. we use one of the, the, the best timing systems in the market. And that's where we kind of pride ourselves on using that kind of one. It is a lot dearer for us to use that, but it means when you start at the start board, you're actually pedaling and you're going into the stage on a rolling start. So you cross uh, the beacon and your time starts automatically. And then when you finish, it's a rolling finish as well. So um, what we have to then do is order the system across and then uh, it's a timing chip you get on your wrist. So we have to order the timing chips. So that's the main reason. It's not that um, we're wanting to get everybody in early. It's just that we have to we have to order the timing system across. Mm-hmm. We always mm-hmm. try and have a few extra timing chips. But as I say, with a lot of people entering late, they go pretty quickly as well. So it's very rare that you get on the day entry. But if you get somebody pulling out or something like that, you know, we can do swaps. But yeah it's it's yeah. rare when that happens hi okay um no well that that's very good um because i know you, you need to be organized to a certain extent you can't be taken and then i suppose if 200 people showed up on the day it would ha- take too long to kind of get them all registered yeah, yeah you know, definitely so. you know um yeah. you want people to get in early we understand that you know things things change so you can't always enter and three months in advance and things like that but um, no the the quicker we can get entries in you know the the better chance it is for us to get a good Mm -hmm. good race organized yeah and i was going to touch on the the thing of fitness and skill level because i think for people that haven't done it before that's a big barrier to them maybe going and trying one of these it's they, they they think they're not fit enough or you know their skill level isn't high enough um and I know that crosses my mind when, I, when I'm thinking of doing that. Um, so what would someone like me get get out of taking part in an enduro, Michael? You know, because you do think initially of those things. Oh, well, them boys are all at that for years and years and years, and I wouldn't be fast enough, and I wouldn't have enough skill. And 
you know, so is it more of the social thing you think you'd get out of it, just being with a crowd of mountain bikers and that whole atmosphere thing? Okay, yeah, well, I would always say, you know, if you can go out and you can ride your bike in a group with your friends, you can do an enduro. Um, it's pretty much the same thing. Yes, you have the, the timing system, but that timing system, it can be between you and the clock, or it can be mm-hmm. between you and your friends, or it can be just a social day out in the event. You know, we're our aim is to let everybody have fun. And, you know, when you see the the people at the finish line, you know, the smiles in their faces, it's it kind of works. So fitness level, yes, it'll be a bit easier if you're a bit fitter. But, I mean, we've had complete newcomers, novices, uh, um, coming up to the races. And because we don't have a uh, cutoff time, it's kind of up to them when they get round. Now, you want everybody to keep keep moving. And mm-hmm. we have a group that rides at the back just to make sure everybody's getting round and there's no issues. So the crack's always good with them, you know. So, And you mm-hmm. find a lot of people might go in with the expectation of, oh, everybody's been doing this before and I'm not fit enough. And then they'll realise, God, they're finishing midfield and it's uh, <laughs> they're, they're not as bad as they thought, you know, because... There's a lot of lot of people out there with uh, all the gear and just want to do it for a bit of fun. They're not out there pushing as hard, so you'd be, yeah. you'll surprise yourself definitely. Anybody that's out in the bike, you will surprise yourself. And you can get off and walk if you have to in the hills on the way up. They aren't timed, and on the way down, just have fun and enjoy it. You know, and when you are enjoying it, it makes it a lot easier definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, it sounds like it's really enjoyable. So um, there's no excuse really not to go up and get involved. That's it, definitely. We would say to everybody, you get fed and watered as you're going around. There's bananas and water, and then at the end, there's hot food and drink, you know. So and that's that's mm. all part of it as well. But a bit of crack at the end of the race. Yeah, certainly. So, Michael, tell us just talking about. Tell us a wee bit about the facilities available on race day. Hi, well, at Dava, um, you've got your car parking facilities and the changing rooms, things like that. Um, for the race, we would uh, provide you with the timing system. We provide you with the uh, number board on the bike. And then as you're riding around, uh, the course is fully, fully marked out. We try and close off all side roads and things like that so that people don't uh, get lost in the forest you know the mm. the actual trails are well enough signposted but the problem is we don't always go the the direction of the trail center so what we do right. is we put up our own our own arrows and tape across different uh, different junctions you know mm. so it keeps everybody keeps everybody going the right direction yeah. at the end of the race you get uh you get your own personal time printed out and then there's a leaderboard. We have a screen down there and the leaderboard comes up so you can see a live live timing as people finish. You can see where you've positioned. And and then we have a catering team that comes in, does a great job supplying hot food and drinks. Um, a couple of our sponsors, Spurn Bakery, provide uh, buns and cakes, you know, so... Mm-hmm. You get you get a wee treat today for for your hard work, you know. 
brilliant. It, it sounds great, and uh, <laughs> as as I say, I know looking at the images, images of it and stuff like that, everybody seems to be having a really good day. So um, that's definitely it. worth checking out. Mhm. Yeah, that's that's the main thing. Just see people buzzing and on bikes. That's yeah. makes our uh, job easier when we see that. And a typical day then, Michael, you would you would roll up. Do you have to be there for a certain time? Can you take us through kind of a typical day, how it works? Yeah, well, once everybody's registered and uh, they've obviously signed on on the day, we'll send out a, a final details email sort of around the Thursday prior to the weekend mm-hmm. of the race. Um, everything they need to know will be in that email. <clears throat> normally, normally we open registration around half eight, nine o'clock. The riders will come in and sign their disclaimer, get their number board and their different bits and pieces, their T-shirt um, is provided for them. It's up to them if they want to wear it on the day or not. A lot of the, a lot of mountain bikers are fashion conscious, you know, they'll, they'll have their own gear to wear, <laughs> matching, matching gear. So uh, uh-huh. I kind of leave the T-shirt for, for another day. But uh, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll roll up, get their bikes ready themselves. We have... Uh, Another sponsor that came on board this year, uh, Mac Monkey. They come up yeah. and they have a look over people's bikes. If there's any issues, you know they're there to they're there to help out, which is fantastic of them guys to do that. Yeah. They come up both days, and it's, it's brilliant to have them there. Uh-huh. Um, once reg- once riders are registered, uh, we used to hold everybody down in the car park and set them off up the hill in one big group but we found that what that does is it causes a lot of queues at the start stage so we just set them off whenever they arrive um, providing Mm -hmm. we have the marshals in place so once they're registered and they head up the hill then it's just a case of them going around the the course at their leisure really yeah yeah well here that's a great environment to be in you know you're not being shoved from one area to another you can just go at your own pace that's it. That's it, and that's that's I think what really works in enduro. You know, it's the social side of it. You can get up there. You can take your time between the stages. You're not you're not rushing. And if you had a if you had a bad stage before, by the time you've got to the next stage, you're kind of you've got that out of the system and you're ready to go again. And you know, you can make up a lot of time where you, you've maybe lost it in the stage previous. You know, so yeah, yeah. You see, so I thought now and. Um I'm sure some, you know, other people that haven't done it and, and people that are listening here and haven't done it before. I always thought when you register, you get your number. So say I was number whatever, 30, then I would have to go straight after 29 and I would have to be make sure and be up there before number 31, you know, but it's not as no, regimented no. as that. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, we, some some races might have a, a layout for it. Um, some of them do seeding the, the prior day. Because Dava and the layout of, of it, anybody can go up there and ride that blind without seeing the actual track, you know. So mm-hmm. what we do is, rather than keeping everybody in one big queue, it's you go up and do your own thing. So a lot of guys want to be up there early, get the get the racing done, maybe head off back to the family or whatever. Some people just take it really easy, roll in at the end, last people to register, and they could be middle of the pack home others just take mm-hmm. it take their time the whole day you know so yeah make a day of it mm-hmm. brilliant and the night enduro there michael does that work very similar it is yeah um we kind of t- 
tend to keep the stages a bit shorter for the night enduro. Um, and again, it's just same sort of format. Once everybody's in, away they go, and uh, kind of keep it keep it tighter and keep it keep it rolling a bit better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes that makes sense certainly because I know this. Uh, or last year, I should say, 2017, the weather was really bad. It was really cold and really wet. Um, you don't want to be hanging about in them conditions. That's it. Um, the funny thing is, like, we've had a couple of years of, of bad weather during the night in Juro, and you go around thinking, I'm going to be the worst in the world. I know I can't do anything about the rain, but uh, you want to see the phases. Even even though it's raining, once you're out there and you're warmed up, I don't think the rain really matters. You know, it's uh-huh. everybody's enjoying it that much anyway. It's their smiles in the faces, and they've all got their stories to tell about what happened in the previous stage. <laughs> you can hear the buzzing. And, it, uh, it's always after stage one. You know, the, the nerves are out of the system, and then the, the crack starts after that. I well, I seen Glenn's posts and stuff he'd put up on social media, and he he was having a good time. He was loving it. That's it. Uh, so <laughs> always good to see that side of it too, you know. Yeah. So, um, Michael, how does the whole process work then? Do you need to get approval from council or anything like that? Uh, do you need to talk to them to get the go ahead? Do they need to be involved? What what way does that work? I uh, well, we. Uh we would have to contact the, the council prior to uh, kicking off. So we'll have to contact them to get a permit for the forest. Mm-hmm. So once we get the permit, um, we're charged by the, the council for that permit. And right. we have to provide to them the insurance, risk assessment, event plan. Everything um, has to be sent to them prior to, to us kicking off. And then we'll sort of give them a date and they'll just check that the forest's available. And they normally come back to us pretty quick with that. Um, Whether it been an annual event, we kind of let them know the, the dates prior to it. And then we can work around a change if it, if it should be needed. You have a wee bit of um, a financial burden there almost. So what about the costs of like licensing, insurance, medical staff? You know, how does that all get paid for? Well, entry fees cover some of it, and then we've got sponsors that help out in a big way. Um, mm. Without the likes of sponsors, I don't think we could do it, really, you know, looking yeah. back on it. Yeah, and do you know who sponsored it this year? Can you remember? And we'll just give them a shout-out. Aye, we've got, uh, as I mentioned before, Mac Monkey. Yeah. And they've been they've been fantastic. They've come on for the main event and the night enduro. Um sort of decide with some great prizes with uh, the likes of Exposure as well. They were another sponsor this year, Exposure Nightlights. And it was great yes. to have two big names like Mac Monkey and Exposure Nightlights sponsoring yeah, well, the Mac, event. Mac Monkey, Lewis and Kieran, they, they have been on the podcast before actually. So Aye. I know mm-hmm. I, I know them guys quite well. Uh fantastic dudes, like brilliant guys. Yeah, yeah, it's always great to great to have people like that in the industry, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then locally we had we would have uh, <coughs> excuse me businesses, um, some of the sponsors that have been with us from the start, the likes of Steelweld Fabrications and Cookstown would be a uh, title sponsor. They also mm-hmm. actually manufactured our our trophies. They're laser cut oh. and pressed with uh, a mountain maker on the on the actual trophy. So they were wow. 
they went down quite well. Um, something unique, something different. Um, a lot of a lot of the riders really um, pushing out there to try try and get one of them in the trophy cabinet. You know. Yeah. Wow. Um, cool. So I they went down well. The Shepherds Rest um, campsite and then they provide showers and changing facilities for all competitors, even if they aren't camping mm-hmm. at the events. Um, they've got food on and a good bar. <coughs> Excuse me. Some music in the evenings as well. Right, very good. Um, we've got Peter McAleer, insurance provider, and market in Draperstown, uh, Diamond Service Station, the Maxwell. Um, garage in Draperstown, meet at Reagan's, Sparrow Bakery, Blackthorn Design, right. uh, Signal Signs. There is quite a few. Um, not all of them are financial help. Some of them just have services and things that they provide, but without yeah. them and the likes of our marshals and things like that, the events definitely couldn't, couldn't run, you know. Mm-hmm. Would you mind sending me a wee list of them, Michael, and I'll put them details on the show notes for. Definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be great uh, to give be... them. We will always try and advertise for our sponsors, you know, and get it up there on a yearly basis all through the year for anybody yeah. that helps out. And <clears throat> as I say, it's without those guys coming in, and a lot of them have been with us from the start, so it's great to have them. It's the hardest thing in the world to go and ask somebody for help, especially oh, yeah. financial, you know, so. Yeah, and, and without that, it's just not going to happen. It's just that's not it. Going to, you know, you know um, we'd I was always to, ask, you know, our, our writers and people that are up there to sort of support our sponsors and give a bit back, you know, to make it worth oh, their yeah. while. Yeah, certainly. I was trying to write them down as you were telling me, but there's too many of them. So okay. <laughs> I couldn't get them all down. So send me some, uh, send me some details, and I'll pop them up. That'd be grand. Another thing, what we would do would if each one of them on a on a stage board, you know, so. The riders are coming up and seeing who's actually sponsored each stage, so it's a nice mm-hmm. wee touch for them. They can they can get their photograph taken beside the, the sponsor boards and stuff. Aye, brilliant. Now, well, that that's good because I think, and a lot of these things, sponsors kind of get they just get left by the wayside, you know. Um, so it's really great that that you guys are really appreciative of that, you know. Look, you have to, you have to, you know the. Uh, they do so much for the event and without them the events wouldn't take place you know and it was a funny one actually happened with the, the shepherd's rest at the end of the event i would always ask you know let people know who our sponsors are and to help out in some way or if you are staying in the area go to see them guys and <clears throat> i was in, in the middle of telling everybody this and two wee kids at the front they Hi, we're staying there and it's the most amazing place and Colin gave us spades and we went out and made our own pump track in his back garden, you know, so oh, as I say that was that was uh, as good a advertising as you could have got, you know, so they had a, an absolute ball and there's a lot of the families do stay up there that they just, they come back every year, you know, so Ah, class. That's great. That is, that's really good. So do you get help from anybody else? What about uh, Mountain Bike Northern Ireland? Do you get any help from them guys? Mountain Bike and I, they do a great job in advertising for us, you know. Um, mm-hmm. They've been great from the start. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, you know, promoting the mountain bike scene and letting letting riders know what has happened, um, what is happening in the future, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. We actually won the best mountain bike event in 2014, the Mountain Bike NI Awards. So that mm-hmm. was pretty fantastic that year, you know. 
Awesome. I think it was probably awesome. the only year the, the Red Bull Fox Hunt wasn't on or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant. Uh, it's hard to compete against that. No, definitely. Sure. You know. Uh, so, Michael, what's what's your job at the event? Do you even get an opportunity to race? No. Um, the first year I went around as kind of a stage opener just to make sure that there wasn't anything lying on the stage. And <clears throat> it was it was too too hectic trying to keep mm-hmm. in front and make sure everything's happening right. And um, so I just decided not to bother. It wasn't it wasn't enjoyable. So it's yeah. more enjoyable. Getting, making sure everything's going right and seeing the riders on the way around and then I kind of rove around as a, a roving marshal in the van so if there's any issues at stages I can I can get somebody else there or get the medical team in. We have a, a full medical team. Um, they are in cars and on, on bikes so they can get into the stage if needs be um, kind of liaise with them. We've got radio system, you know, to speak back and forward. Sometimes the radios don't even work in, in Dava. So with me scooting about oh. in between, it always helps that there's somebody close to the action at all times. Yeah, so let's talk a wee bit about the marshals because that's a very important point that I think a lot of people would overlook, you know, when thinking about enduro races. So you've got marshals throughout the course. They're all volunteers, so they're not getting paid. Um, how many would you have as well? Uh, on any given event, we would have roughly 20, 20 helpers. Um, uh-huh. The volunteers, they volunteer their time, but, you know, we would usually give them either an entry for themselves or for uh, one of their kids or for maybe themselves at a different event. Right. Um, we keep them, we give them their their fuel money and we would give them packed lunch and things like that, you know, so... You have to, it's hard, it's another hard thing to do to ask people to come up and give their time, you know, so you want to give them back something. Um, mm-hmm. So what we normally find is if they need their, their petrol money covered or they want an entry in a different event, it kind of works well for, for both. Um, yeah. Also get help from some of the cycling clubs that take part um, there's too many to list <laughs> I don't want to leave anybody out but there's a lot of the uh, in the youth races What we the way we do it is we have group leaders and a group uh, sweeper so they, they'll bring the age groups around the course and then the kids will do the race same as the adults the only difference being they all ride together in a group with a group leader and mm. we've had some some great assistance you know with some of the cycling clubs and and putting their names forward to do that ah brilliant brilliant you need that help you really need that support and that help (coughs) me no definitely you know we couldn't do it without the likes of the volunteers and helpers and the cycling clubs have been have been absolutely fantastic you know and Mm -hmm. that's seeing the kids at the end of it you know and seeing the smiles in the faces and some of them won't go to get their, their food at the end of it. They want to just stay at the, the leaderboard until everybody's around to make sure they've, they've got their position, you know. So, yeah. no, I'd I'd like to take this opportunity, you know, to thank all the all the cycling clubs. They know who they are that have helped out in the past and all our marshals who a lot of them come back every year and, you know, they have the crack in and around the, the course and mm-hmm. they, uh, the riders really appreciate it as well, you know, speaking to the marshals after, you know. 
Ah, that's brilliant. It, it takes them all. It takes them all to run an event like that. Definitely. definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so very good. Well well done. Um, so preparation then, Michael, um, I'm sure it takes a lot of time and I'm sure it's something you don't organise a month before the event. How no. much time does it take? And, and did you realise it would take so much time before you kind of got involved in the organisation side of things? I didn't. Um, it was kind of into the second year when I realised just how much does go on. The first year was kind of mm. ram-stam, got everything organised, got it sorted. <clears throat> and then you think because you've done it once, it'll be easy the second time. But there's a lot of things you have to plan in advance. You know, we're at the end of one season, you're kind of planning for the next one straight away. Um, yeah. It's... It's only a standalone event, but there's still so much that happens in the background, you know. So we we be planning the year prior to it. Um, again, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that that help out in the background with that as well. Um, Ivan Park, he's kind of my second second hand. He uh, he does our timing system, and he has a lot of. Uh, background in adventure racing and things like that so it kind of helps to have people involved that know what they're doing and that are there for you whenever you mm-hmm. you give them a buzz you know so yeah i know it's uh, you know and i think that's that's the thing that riders and, and people that take part don't understand because i had glenn on the podcast um a while back um glenn o'brien and he was chatting about his enduro event and you know he said exactly the same thing i said when one event ends when do you start prepping for the next year and he says straight away yeah mm-hmm. i'm sure his yeah. is <laughs> his up a scale as well you know because with them having their five five races and mm-hmm. it's uh, there's a lot of work goes on in the background like and then even <clears throat> on the race weekend there's still so much to do that you can't sort of pre-do that it all has to be falling into place on the the night before and there's many a nights we were up there marking a course to 12 one o'clock in the morning and then coming back and starting to do printouts and things like that for for race morning so there isn't a lot of sleep you know and that's just for one race that we do (laughs) (laughs) desperate so what keeps you doing it michael why do you why do you keep doing it what keeps you motivated I would say seeing competitors during and after the event, you know, seeing the, the buzz around the place and seeing the, the businesses uh, getting getting people coming through their doors as well in the area. Mm. Um, it's just, I'm a businessman in the local area, so I hear a lot of the locals talking about, you know, this place is like an alpine village instead of skis and the roofs of cars as bikes and they can't believe the amount of people that actually go up there and they'd be telling me, you know, there's cars there from Sligo and there's cars there from Donegal. And I said, that's it. We were we were going to Scotland, like, and now the people are coming here. So, you know, yeah. it's even even the people of the area are kind of buzzing because of it, you know, and it's good it's good to see that for the for yeah. the area. Yeah, no, no, fantastic. And um yeah, like, you know, it, it's crazy because you can be at Dava um the weather can be i was up not a couple of weekends ago and it was snowing it was basically snowing it was quite treacherous getting in and out and it's the busiest i've ever seen it up there 
it's like a whole different world. You know, you can Everything. you can drive through the town and there's no snow at all. And by the time you get to Dava, there's maybe a foot or two foot of snow. And like you say to people, you tell them just how much is up there, and they, they don't believe you until they see photographs. And they were like, "Where was that? That, that can't be Dava, you know." But it's <laughs> it's like a different different planet, you know. Yeah, and Michael, you do a wee bit of photography as well, don't you? Um, bits and pieces, I. <coughs> um, right. I kind of started off uh, motorsport photography, rallying again in round Dava, local forests, Banner Forest, and the uh, tour of the Spurns and things like that. Got the the interest for photography, and then with mm-hmm. with uh, with just any sport, just like capturing the the mood and the atmosphere at different events. So, just I suppose mm-hmm. within the last uh, three four years, I've kind of tried. Um, mountain bike photography as well. Mm-hmm. It's just nice mm-hmm. to be able to throw the camera in the in the bag and go around the trail for a spin, and then get a few shots of mates or go to some of the events and try and get capture the the moment for the for the riders. Yeah, because you've done. I think you've done the Vitus Enduro ones, haven't you, Glenn's ones? Aye. Um, mhm. It was. Uh, and you've covered red the Red Bull <coughs> folks on, of course. Aye, done. Uh, done a few of them it was one of the one of the races that i couldn't attend i thought i'll go down anyway and bring the camera and was able to able to get a good few few shots and then even the likes of the red bull fox hunt you can go up and get a few shots at the side of the side of the track in between practicing you know so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. again it's kind of something something to be at something to capture the moment let other people see that how much fun there has is to be had on a bike you know uh-huh. brilliant and i think also if it's for some reason you can't race yourself or when the time comes when you're just like you know i'm kind of over that so it's nice to still have something that keeps you involved across it you like to be around you it know. you know there's there's times mm. with one thing and another fitness it's whatever you can't you can't take part or you know you want to be up there so <clears throat> it's a nice way to it's a nice way to be there and see the crack see what's happening yeah yeah Yeah, awesome and i'll put links to your website because you have a lovely lovely website did you do that yourself Uh, cheers (laughs) Uh, i've got uh the facebook page is going well and and then one of the uh the site builder pages as well so it's kind of it's kind of all in the in the background and that's something that kind of keeps me out of the pub (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you have to be at something that's for sure I totally. That's that's a lot better for you. The, the, you know, being in the pub and then going and racing in the Red Bull Fox Hunt doesn't really. Yeah, uh, it's just that's doesn't it. match yeah. up there. <laughs> Definitely not. I'm bad enough in the bike without drinking. <laughs> uh, so, Michael, fill us in then with uh, the Davo Enduro this year. Is there anything you plan? Now you did mention possibility maybe a 24 hour race or 12 hour race. Is that something you're looking at? Maybe something we've looked at in the in the past you know so it's mm-hmm. <clears throat> maybe in the pipeline maybe um if it's if it's not this year it might be in the next couple of years or something yeah. like that you know um the issue we have with dava is the trails we try and we try and mix it up but again you can't you can only try and keep them going down the trail you don't want yeah we used one of the trails one year and it was kind of too much in the uphill side of things and enduro was all about downhill so it kind of didn't go down well so we made sure that one was 
turned around for the next year and they come down the trail. The reason we used that, it was the, the first trail out of the car park and it was because of the opening Is of the trails. Wee, the wee windy blue one that runs yeah, up? Yeah, the one with the right. arch. Okay. So the council wanted for photograph reasons and to let people see, you know, their their uh, <clears throat> their backers, they wanted to see the, the event actually starting from the car park. So ah, okay. we, uh, we had a start going through the arch. So that was the first thing we changed. <laughs> uh, yeah. But... Uh, no, apart from that, it's, it's going well. Very good. And do you ever think of changing the routes? Do they change from year in, year out? I know okay, you're well, that's what we do. You know, what you can do <clears throat> we have we have been changing them about. There's a few things. Again, it's rider feedback. You you touched on that in the past. It's mm-hmm. when you come down to the end of a stage and you're going straight on to another stage. A queue can form pretty quick. So what we tried to do was when you come out of a stage, we had a transition area. Um, just moving them around really and then what mm-hmm. we try and do is just make it slightly different as I say we are we are limited to what we can do that's now's a good a time to shout out to the council if they are listening you know we want a phase two up there and we want more trails and mm-hmm. that's the one thing everybody talks about yeah. but yeah. Uh, I know it's all down to funding and things like that but it, it definitely would help you know if you had a trail with jumps and things like that just Add a bit of buzz to it, and uh, we would yeah. have a few extra enduro stages. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Um, well, I had I had Ethan from Mountain Bike NI on the podcast way back. It was episode four, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, I was I was chatting to him basically about the trails and what what's happening for the future. And he did mention a phase two at Dava. Mm-hmm. So I th- I think it's down. It's jotted down. So as you say, Hi, it's all down to the front. You know, it's something that yeah. we have seen plans for and mm-hmm. on paper some of the plans are good you know so it's it's one of the things you want you want to keep progressing um you don't want to let it get too stagnant and people will they'll mm-hmm. still use it but it'll not be in numbers you know so the more you can yeah. progress what we've found with scotland anytime there's new trails or new additions added on it bumps the numbers back up again people are going to going to ride that section and you just you need you need a wee bit of new and variety in it. And Aye. to be fair, they have done that in Dava. You know, they, they tidied up the stream trail and they put on a few jumps. You know, would would like something a bit bigger, but it's mm-hmm. uh, all down to the fountain at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good. It's good to see that things will maybe be going in that direction anyway. So happy days. Yeah, that's it. We just what we what we try and do is just keep people keep people coming to the area and. If the council see that with numbers wise, you know, maybe they can they can get their funding in there, you know. So here's yeah. hoping. No, it's good. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. So we can expect the Dava and Giro next year anyway, and the night and Giro as well. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. as I say, we've got our Facebook page um, as the easiest place to contact us. It's right. facebook.com slash Dava and Giro. And okay. a lot of the, we kind of keep that running all through the year. So with bits and pieces <clears throat> the events they'll be advertised on that this year the june events 23rd and 24th of june mm-hmm. so okay. if they just keep an eye out on that on that facebook page everything will, will be put up there brilliant that's great and hopefully i'll be going this year so <laughs> good um, man we'll get we'll keep you a spot man <laughs> <laughs> totally. there's no pulling out um, now <clears throat> no that's down. it <laughs> 
I well, I, I'm doing a wee bit of. Uh, I don't want to say training, but um, I'm get. I've got my butt back into the gym, and I'm doing kind of mountain bike related stuff. Brilliant. Um, so. And it's gearing towards us. It's gearing towards being able to go to these races and, and trying to make an effort, you know. Good man, brilliant. It's great to hear that. <laughs> no, I'd say so that, you'll do Dava and then you'll be doing the, the series, the Vitus Enduro Cup series after. Cause oh, honestly, there's a lot of people have come up and done that thought. You know, can I do it? Can I not do it? Oh, I'm not sure. And then when they done it, they enjoyed it that much. They signed up for for Glen's races the next year, and that's that we step step further. You know, it's. Mm-hmm. Wee bit more technical, but <clears throat> it's great to see people progressing onto the onto the bigger races, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a great it's great to have the Dava thing there. It's a really good, and as you say, it gets people involved. It gets people interested in it, and and then they move on and and go a wee bit bigger. But they'll always come back to Dava. Like that's it. You know, we we see a lot of the the faces coming back year in year out. Um, <clears throat> even some of the the big riders, you know, they'll they'll come up there for. A day's crack. It's maybe a day's training to them, but they're up there enjoying it with other mm-hmm. riders. And you know, when some of the the riders that are starting out see that, they they keep coming back. You know, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for for anybody really. Aye, and you know, it, it's funny. Um, I was I was planning doing them this summer, and any time I mentioned to any of my mates, right, come on, we'll go and do we'll go and do the Davenjiro. Come on, and they're like, ah, no, no, I'll be your mechanic. Every <laughs> one of them. Was well into You're being have a, a lot mechanic. of mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> That's the good thing about Davy. You shouldn't really need a mechanic, so get them on bikes. <laughs> exactly no that's that's the plan this year that's the plan well Mike here brilliant thanks very much for coming on i really enjoyed our chat and um i think it's brilliant just to fill people in and let them know what goes on behind the scenes of organizing something like that because it's just not as straightforward as people think um so i appreciate your time i really thank you very much for coming on the show it was awesome no worries thanks for having us and just a shout out to everybody to get on the facebook page and give us a like and Maybe see us up on the trails. Any Definitely. questions, give us a shout at any time. Brilliant. And I will certainly uh, be promoting it closer to the time because I will be uh, taking part. Hopefully. Good man. No injuries. <laughs> <or not. laughs> <laughs> uh, so brilliant, Michael. Thanks very much. I appreciate it. And I know you've given up your evening to do this. So thank you very much. No worries. Thank you. Thanks to the listeners. That wraps it up for another week, folks. I hope you enjoyed that. And um, I just want to say thank you so much for Michael. Uh, for coming on the show, telling us everything about the uh, enduro races up there in Dava. I loved the episode, I loved chatting with Michael, it was awesome and um, you find out so much more about what goes into a race like that don't you, when you when you chat to somebody that organises it, you know it's it's not something that's organised a month or a couple of months beforehand, it takes a long time and a lot of effort so um, if you go to the show notes at mtb-tribe.com you'll see all the sponsors there that have helped Michael out, Um, there's just so many I couldn't write them down at the time but they're there he sent me a link to them, they're there Um, so go and check the links out see how much um, work and effort that Michael puts into the show, Um, you can click on the links there and go through to the the different sponsors so I want to just personally thank them guys for helping mountain biking in Northern Ireland it's a really positive step and um, I know Michael is uh, is just besotted by the whole thing um, and you guys helping out so much so thank you so much so please play your part go to the website as I say mtb-tribe.com you can download 
you can listen to the show from there it's all free you can also download the show from itunes or stitcher and please 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 leave a review give us a star rating five is always the best of course it really helps me get feedback on the show and helps me keep the show on air Um, because again i don't get paid for this this is just a freebie and i'm doing it just to keep involved in the mountain biking industry but but i love doing what i'm doing for you guys and i hope the information is is uh, interesting and relevant for you but that would help the show out that would be great you can also find us on the old social media game. Um, Instagram is at MTB Tribe and Facebook is MTB Tribe. So show your love, get involved, comment on stuff there. Uh, let me know you're out there. And um, again, go to the website. You can subscribe on the website, pop your email address in there and you will get updates on certain show notes and things that are happening and um, there's more to come in the near future there so if you do subscribe you will get some some good info and some insights before stuff goes live on the podcast or on the website Um, you can also leave comments there so if there's anybody you want to hear from on the show or anything you would like to to see on the show please just drop me a line Um, i read everything and uh, i try to keep up to date and get back to you as fast as i can and uh, i'll try my best to get them guys on the show because at the end of the day the podcast is here for you if you're not enjoying it there's no point in me doing it if you're not hearing content that you don't want to hear there's no point in me doing it so please get involved uh, and get back to me and i will try my best to uh, try and get them guys on the show so thank you very much thank you for listening i really appreciate it have a great weekend and i hope you get out in the trails and enjoy yourself this weekend take care folks bye bye